Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there, just three quick points about the Holy Spirit from John chapter 14. We're studying some of the last words of Jesus before he went to the cross. We're in month six of our study, The Hour Has Come. And this time Jesus is discussing the helper or the comforter, the consoler, the advocate, the stand by your side helper that he was promising to leave to his apostles as he left them physically and as he left them the greatest commission ever to be given to mankind. I can imagine what was going through the minds of these apostles as Jesus began to talk about, I'm going to a place and you can't come. And the disciples were asking, how can we how can we come follow you later when we don't know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and then he said, but I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to leave you another comforter. We looked up the definition of that word comforter, and it is parakletos, and it means an intercessor, a consoler, an advocate, a comforter, a helper, a succorer, an aid, an assistant. My little children, I'm writing these things to you, 1 John 1, 21, so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I just think it's interesting here that the word advocate in 1 John 2, verse 1, is the same word as parakletos, the intercessor, the consoler, the comforter from John 14. So, both the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ the Son, both of those persons of the Godhead are referred to by the Greek word parakletos. So Jesus, we can see how that he is our intercessor. He takes our pleas to the Father. We can see how he is our advocate. His blood is the blood that covers our sins. He takes our place before the Father and pleads for us, sort of as a defense lawyer would plead before a judge. This is our defense advocate pleading before the judge of all the earth. I believe that the Holy Spirit here in John 14, when Jesus said, I'm going to leave you another comforter, the spirit of truth, is the correct, uh, the, the more accurate renderings of the definition of the word parakletos here would be the helper, the aid, the assistant, Although, really, he was going to be uh, not just an assistant to the apostles, but the guide. He was going to guide them into all truth. And in that way, he would be giving them constant comfort, constant help in uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. And we see that uh, the Holy Spirit was so amazing and and profoundly accurate in um, his delivery of the revelation to the apostles and in its preservation for us today. I just want us to notice three quick points about the Holy Spirit that I think are important for us to know as we dig into the study this month about the Holy Spirit. I think it's important for us to know that the word here in 1 John 14, parakletos, 
inside of that word is the idea of to call to one's side. I love that because sometimes I need somebody to stand by my side. I need um, the comfort of knowing that I'm not alone. And I think that's what um, Jesus was giving the apostles here in this passage. uh, And we're going to talk about what this meant, that he was calling one to their side. But I just want to, in an overall sense, say that it is very comforting. And comforter is a great word when we think about the fact that Jesus was about to physically leave them. I know that you've had people in your lifetime who were very important to you, who were going to the other side of time, who are crossing the Jordan to go into the timeless side of eternity. And you have felt like, I really need somebody by my side. That's how these apostles were feeling as Jesus was talking about leaving them. And yet they knew that their job, the job that was lying in front of them to establish his kingdom, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom they had just asked. They knew there was a kingdom coming, but they did they needed help. They didn't know the nature of the kingdom. They didn't know they knew that there was a big job in front of them. But they didn't know all the details yet. And Jesus said, But I'm not going to leave you without help. I am going to send the comforter to you. I am going to send this aid, this person to be by your side. And I think that's important that we know the call to one side is inherent in the term here in John chapter 14. Another thing that I wanted wanted us to notice is that the Holy Spirit is always a he. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person just like Jesus was a person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is a he always in scripture. And then number three, and and I think it's important. I think the reason we call the Holy Spirit an it is because he is referred to as the Holy Spirit. But we need to remember that Christ is referred to as the Christ, the son of the living God. He is referred to as the Messiah. He is referred to as the son of man. And God, the father, is referred to with that same um, antecedent, the, that same article. So um, just because it says the Holy Spirit doesn't mean he's an object. He is a person. We don't usually say the Cindy Holly or the whoever. But just because it says the about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that those aren't masculine persons and that's how they are described in scripture as always as he so it is not it the holy spirit the holy spirit it does this it's it's he operates the holy spirit operates as a he another thing that's important for us to remember is that there are lots of time specific promises in john 14 if you have your bibles Just turn to John 14 really quickly and let's look down through those scriptures and just see that there are some some very time-specific promises in John 14. And this promise of the Comforter is one of those time-specific promises. But even as we begin the chapter in John 14, 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. Well, who was Jesus talking to there? He was talking to the apostles. He wouldn't say to me today, to Cindy Colley, I am now going to go and prepare a place for you because he's already done that. It was time, it was a time sensitive promise that Jesus made there in the first part of that chapter. And then he said, he promised the comforter. But before that, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and receive you into myself that where I am there, there you may be also. Then Jesus said something down in verse nine. Have I been so long time with you? And yet you have not known me. He that has seen me has seen the father. And how do you say then, show us the father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I'm speaking to you, I'm not speaking of myself, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes on me, the works I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to my Father. He says, I'm going to my Father again in verse 12, at the same time that he says, these works that I do, you will do also, if you believe in me now. He who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works, because I'm going to my Father. This was time sensitive. This was this was Jesus telling the disciples what was what was about to happen to them as he departed to go to his father. This was not a promise for us. This was a time sensitive promise. Verse 19. Yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you are seeing me because I live, ye shall also live. Jesus was saying something to the apostles here that he couldn't say to us today. He said, you're looking at me. And when you're seeing me in the flesh, you should be able to see the Father in a figurative sense. Yet a little while in the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you will live also. I love that there because we can obviously see that that is a time-sensitive promise. He says that they're seeing him. They're seeing him in the flesh. Well, he doesn't say that to us because we don't see him today in the flesh. So it's interesting to me that in this chapter, folks today pull out this promise of the Holy Spirit and the promise that the apostles were going to do greater works than Jesus did. We had another dig a bit about what that means, but this promise about the Holy Spirit, about the comforter coming, and about the miraculous knowledge that he would give, and the literal indwelling, and the the, the miracles, the signs, the works that would make people believe. People would like to pull out that promise among many very time-sensitive promises that were made directly just and when we look at that and and the way the promises that are time sensitive in this passage it's it's difficult for me to understand why people would pull out this one about the indwelling of the holy spirit about the miracles that were about to be done by those who were left behind who were seeing jesus at that time it's in the same context as you're seeing me but i am going to give you another comforter and you will do great works why would we pull out that Holy Spirit promise there 
and say that that one's not time sensitive while we understand that all the other conversation around the Holy Spirit was directed to the apostles and was very time sensitive. So I think it's important that we understand that there are lots of things, promises and observations in John 14 that were just for the apostles. Wayne Jackson said this, the term comforter signifies to call to one side and it refers to the supernatural assistance that would be provided to the Lord's apostles. It is not a general promise to all believers. Those who extract this promise from its context and give it a modern application, they pervert the meaning of the passage. The expression, another comforter, indicates that the Holy Spirit is both a person as Christ is and that he is of the same divine essence. The term forever indicates the Spirit's abiding activity for the purpose under consideration, that is, the empowerment of appointed persons in the revealing and confirmation of divine truth. That is, the Holy Spirit was going to stay with them until the purpose was accomplished. And there is a sense, this is Cindy Colley talking now, there is a sense in which the Holy Spirit does abide forever and he does it through the book that you're holding in your hand right now. Do you realize that the book that you're holding is the product of the miraculous? It's the product of the promise that Jesus was making to the apostles that he would send another comforter. And that comforter then left us the amazing wealth of assurance and comfort and succoring and assistance that thoroughly furnishes us to every good work, Paul told Timothy. We have that in this book, the product of the promise. I think that's a really good way for us to look when we look at John 14, for us to look at our Bibles. It's the product of the promise and we get to hold it in our hands. I'm so glad that we don't have what was incomplete, 1 Corinthians 13. We know in part and we prophesy in part, but we have that which is whole, complete, perfect. And that which is in part has been done away. That which is in part was what was prophesied to the apostles here in John 14. They were going to get that revelation bit by bit. Ah, but we have the whole thing. We have the complete thing and you're holding it in your hand. And that's why we're doing Digging Deep is because we have the product of the promise of John 14. Wayne Jackson goes on to say, I'm going to read this sentence. The term forever indicates the Spirit's abiding activity for the purpose under consideration. That is the empowerment of appointed persons, the apostles, in the revealing and the confirming of divine truth. The supernatural presence would not continue throughout the Christian age, but the effect of the Spirit's work 
what you're holding in your hand would continue throughout the Christian age. I love that. So three points. We need to know that comforter includes the calling to one side. That is very reassuring to me. What I'm holding in my hand, the product of that promise, walks by my side. It is what sustains me through this life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. And I have every word that I need. It's by my side. It is in that way my helper and my comforter. The Holy Spirit is always a person. A he. It's not an it. And sometimes in my um, weakness, I know that I've said that at times in my life. I may have said it in this podcast. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit is a he. A person that has given me the completed revelation of the Word of God. And thirdly, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the comforter in John 14, when Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, and doesn't know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. And then verse 25, these things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, apostles, whatever I have said unto you. I mean, that is so time sensitive in that verse. The Father is going to send the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus and he would teach them all things. Do we need the Holy Spirit to come and teach us what to do to go to heaven today? Oh no, because he left us the product of the promise. I love it. And I love the fact that in this passage, he even tells us that this spirit of truth, who was going to come to the apostles, they didn't have to worry that that this time the Jews were going to come and, and hang their helper on a tree because it says the world couldn't even see him. He was not visible to the world. The spirit of truth. He was a spirit. I love the end of the chapter. Hereafter, I'm not going to talk much with you for the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me, but that the world might know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Jesus says there, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to stop talking. But he had just told them, I'm not going to leave you alone. Arise, Jesus said, let us go hence. He ever had that purpose in front of him to obey the Father in the ultimate way for our good at the cross. I hope you have a good day.